It's been another exciting week in independent league baseball. So join me as I discuss and break down the world of independent baseball this week here on the Indie Ball Report Podcast. All right, back again, episode 17. Uh, you may notice there's something a bit different this week, because when I pause, there's no co-host jumping in to have a discussion with. And as you may have noticed in the intro, I use the singulars, not the plurals. And that's because my co-host, James, and I'm Nick, by the way. No, I haven't introduced myself in a while, because mostly it's the same people listening, but, you know. But my co-host, James, he ain't here this week. Uh, you had to... Go away for a little bit. He's only gone for this week, so we should return to normal next week. Uh, so thank you for sticking with us. If you don't want to just listen to me talk for probably like the next half hour, because this is going to be a shorter show. Uh, no real surprise about that, uh, because it's very difficult to carry one show. So as opposed to our usual hour, it's probably only going to be about a half hour, 40 minutes this week, uh, just because it's going to be very difficult for me to carry this thing. <laughs> Uh, for that long. Again, uh, thank you for sticking with us. If not, uh, just chime in back next week if you don't want to just listen to me monologue for however long. But uh, if you are here to stick around, we got a decent show for you. Well, I got a good show for you, at least I think. Uh, and this week, obviously, we're going to do our usual breakdown of everything that happened in the week. And also, what I'm going to be doing is kind of diving into some other stuff, I guess. Um, didn't really get any feedback on uh, some of the questions we were posing a couple episodes back either, but uh, I'll talk about that in the end here. But uh, let's actually get into baseball talk this week and uh, dive in with how the Atlantic League did. We always start with the Atlantic League, and once again, we're going to kind of keep it Eastern focus. Uh, once again, as I'll talk about more heavily later on, our demographics kind of shift in the East. It's mostly New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So I kind of take that as a sign of uh, you guys don't care as much about uh, these more Central America, Western America uh, type leagues. You care more about the guys on the East Coast. And so that would be the Atlantic and the Can-Am. Yeah, let's jump into it. So with the Atlantic League, uh, rough week for some guys. Uh, high point, though. Let's start with High Point, because there's actually a lot to talk about with High Point. Uh, High Point jumped out to a commanding week. Uh, 6-1 record. They lost their last game, but up until then, they had a six-game winning streak going, which is a very good streak for them, and has bolted them to number one in the power rankings this week, which are going to be up probably around the same time that the show actually goes up. So you can pull them up on the website, www.indieballreport.com, and uh, watch at the same time as you are listen and read at the same time. But, uh, anywho, High Point had a commanding week this week. Uh, they won 11-0 versus Long Island. They did take a little bit of a spill, uh, a 7-0 loss at the end of the week. The 11-0 loss was also, or 11-0 win was at the end of the week. But, uh, they had back-to-back wins in a doubleheader against Somerset, 5-2 each way. Uh, 3-0 shutout, a 10-4 win, a 4-3 win, and then the 11-0 win. So, a solid week for them, a five-game winning streak. They won two games coming in, that's why I said seven. Earlier, but they beat teams. Uh, that's the thing. They were winning games by a decent margin here. Now, granted, the back half of that, three of those wins were from Southern Maryland, which has fallen off a cliff, unfortunately, for them. But Somerset and Long Island are good teams, and they managed to beat them pretty thoroughly, to be honest. And if you're beating these guys, then you've got to be doing something right. Uh, more so than that, though, 
uh, High Point just continuing to do what I didn't think they were going to be doing. Uh, I knew they were going to get a hot start off the start of the year, playing off the crowd and whatnot, but uh, I didn't realize it was going to be this hot. I didn't realize the start would be because they're that talented and not because of the fact that there's a crowd supporting them, uh, which is what we're going to kind of discuss here. Uh, we kind of already know that guys like uh, uh, Quincy, Lattimore, uh, Brichette Jr., or, uh, Sergi, Matt Sergi, pitching terrifically, even guys like Carl. I've never heard of these guys, and they're pitching dominant here. So, I mean, we know about all these guys already, and... Uh, we know about the usual suspects. They're pitching great, and I could just continue to talk about them uh, on and on and on and on and on until the end of time here and just kind of discuss how, oh, yeah, no, high points dominating every aspect. Guys like Van Meter, they throw six innings, one hit. Guys like Simmons, they throw uh, six innings, two hits. Heron, six innings, three runs, seven hits. Uh, obviously, guys like Johnson, 11.2 this week, 14 hits, and only four earned runs. Uh, I could talk end and end till the sun goes down about their 2.25 week long ERA, but these are all stats you can find yourself and they don't need much explaining. What I do want to talk about though is their attendance problem. And it is a problem. Uh, they're drawing the worst in the league, uh, under 2000 a game, and this is amazing to me. You have a stadium that's going to have capacity. It's a brand new ballpark, a brand new team, and yet, uh, you're not drawn. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, like, the team's doing everything they can. They have a terrific social media team, which is, we've conversed with numerous times, me and the actual the team itself uh, on social media. You can look at all that, Indie Ball Report on uh, Instagram and Indie Ball Report Pod on Twitter. But you can look at that. We've gone back and forth and had some fun little back and forths. But it, like, the, the team is doing everything they can. I mean, they're winning, they're promoting, they're doing everything. And the fans just don't want to show up, and I don't get it. Uh, I mean, maybe now as we start to get into the summer a bit more, you're going to get more fans, because now you're going to have uh, schools letting out, even though I think North Carolina does that thing where they go, like, they go to school for six weeks, and then they have off two weeks, and then they go six weeks, and it's year-round type thing. But even still, summer's more baseball season for what you traditionally think. Uh, maybe you have more people on college visits coming around, so you catch a game while you're in town. Um, being the high points of college town. I don't know what it is. I don't know what more they could really do, though. Like, they're doing everything they can. And it's kind of amazing to me that nobody wants to show up to these games. Like, there's a good team. They're fun games. I assume it's similar to a Patriots game, which I look going to these games, and if it was cheaper, I'd go a lot more often. Or if they gave me a press credential, I would also be pretty cool. But it's, uh, you know, it's, I'm kind of surprised at this. I mean, like, how much more could they really do, you know? It's, uh... No, I'm not really sure what more High Point can do. You're not asking that much of the fans, and by and large, it just seems like they don't care. And I'm really shocked about this. I thought High Point was going to be a terrific market, and I know that the way I'm talking about it makes it sound like I'm writing them off after, what, a month of play, almost exactly to the day. Uh, but either way, I think it's highly concerning. Uh, Mike Ashmore is the guy who tweeted it out first. And so he'll get the credit for it. Uh, he's a Patriots beat writer, basically. He works for a couple of different newspapers, most notably, at least from what I know, is uh, MyJerseyCentral.com. Uh, he covers the team there. So I give him a follow on Twitter. You probably saw him mentioned in some of the uh, Somerset reporter, uh, or Somerset broadcaster catching the uh, ball stuff. But uh, 
any case, give him a follow. He's got a bunch of good information there. But any case, he's the one who first tweeted out. And I had noticed this, too, on the uh, website. But I didn't think terribly much. I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's whatever. I'll pick up. And then I didn't check it for a while. Because I, I had been charting it. Because they sold out opening night. And then they went down to, like, 1,000 the following day. But I was like, okay. It's, you know, it's just a drop-off. A lot of people aren't going to games back back days. It's going to happen. I'll probably go again. Then I went to 2K, and then there was a ring out, and I then just kind of stopped paying attention to it. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's going to probably level out around 2,500 a game, and, you know, that's not terrible. And then I looked the other day, I was like, 1,900? That's pretty low. Like, even for anyone standing, that's pretty low for Atlantic League. Like, even, like, Can-Am Leagues, normally, like, their bottom of the barrel, which is normally a mixture of New Jersey... And Sussex, and then normally whatever team is doing bad that year normally falls down there. So either uh, Three Rivers or Ottawa, they're normally run at the bare minimum eighteen hundred, and that's for and by all all respect due here, and no disrespect meant for a lesser product in the sense of the quality of players is going to be less in the Cam than you will see in the Atlantic. It's just the way it is. You compare the players, it, it holds, but. For that, it just is, like, everything comparable there, I'm just kind of surprised that it's that low. And now, obviously, there's plenty of time to recover. There's, like, another five months of baseball left to be played here. Uh, well, not quite five, but, you know, four quality months left to be played. And they still have more than ample time here to figure this out. And we're not even into the summer yet. I'm sure this time next month, if they're having the same problems, they'll try some other things here. And two months from now, come the end of July, if they have these problems, then I'll be really concerned uh, that you're just not drawing. I won't be like, uh, you know, go to DEFCON 1 or anything, but I'll certainly be going, you know, let's raise a hurricane flag here, because there's a storm coming in here, and it's, uh, it could be troubling, because there's not many seasons, especially as a new team, that you can afford to not draw. Uh, like, when you get that new team, you're really banking on that, ooh, a lot of interest, and that feeds the beast a little bit, and kind of gets the tank, and it gets everything rolling. And so when that's not there, uh, that's a problem, and that's something that needs to be resolved quickly. So we'll keep an eye on that, but uh, I think now Somerset's a natural transition, as I mentioned, uh, Schwartz catching the ball. It was pretty cool. I don't have much to say about it. It's cool he got a ball. Uh there's not really much there. I've seen the video. It's impressive. It's lucky. And uh, it was pretty neat. But, uh, you know, uh, Somerset as a whole, though, not great week. Four and five. Uh, not great. Doubleheader against High Point ended off. Then a 10-3 loss to, to uh, Lancaster. They kind of finish weekly against uh, Sugarland, 6-5 and 2-0. But then they did manage to get a 3-2 win. It's been pretty back and forth with them. So far last week, and then uh, last night they also got a loss against uh, the Skeeters due to Gene uh, Zanti finally breaking out of his slump with a three-run shot. Uh, he still needs to get back on the horse, but he's he's starting to pick up now. Uh, he's probably going to get back on track fairly soon. But uh, yeah, overall though, uh, kind of concerning from uh, Somerset here. Not doing terribly great against teams that are I consider it to be their equal in Sugarland here. Uh, that's gonna hurt them here, as now you have high point in first place after a hot week. Like, Island's just below them here, and could strike at any moment, and now you're sitting in third, 
Right now, you're the guy on the outside looking in, and if High Point does steal a playoff spot, now uh, it's you and Long Island fighting for that last one, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough go of it there, uh, mainly because I'm just very skeptical of their batting, as you'll see in the power rankings. It really is one or two guys, mainly it's Espinal and uh, Kiger, or Kiger, really um, just driving the engine for that team, and while you do have guys like Kubiak, and no, well, not no longer teased because he got his contract purchased. Uh, you have these guys really driving the horse for you, and uh, when you really rely on two guys, three guys, it's you're begging for disaster because you're a contract purchase away from falling to the wayside here. And so, uh, Somerset's not looking hot right now. I'm kind of concerned about them. But uh, uh, let's move to Long Island real quick here. Uh, Long Island wise, uh, Ducks are doing what they do. Uh, they had a rough go of it with High Point. Uh, they don't take the series. There's, if, it was really feast or famine for them this past week. And, uh, yeah, they did good against Southern Maryland, and then they did good about it. They really only did good against Southern Maryland, who we'll talk about in depth in a moment. But, uh, yeah, no, they just couldn't do much against anyone else. Uh, 9-3 loss, too, came with them somewhere in there. But, yeah, it's kind of concerning if you're them. If we lost New Britain, it was not great. Not great at all. And a 12-2 loss also to New Britain. A couple of really bad losses for Long Island there. And uh, I'm kind of concerned about them, but I'm, at the same time, it's, it's Long Island. I'm not that concerned. They know what to do, and they know how to figure it out. Let's see. Uh, moving on now. We'll move on to, uh, I guess, New Britain's a decent... Nah, nah, nah. Let's go Southern Maryland. That's a, been a train wreck. Uh, probably won't talk much about York, even though York's, actually York we're going to talk about real quick, because they're quick to get through, same thing with Lancaster. Both of them have come up clutch this week. Uh, not the best weeks for them, three and four, and four and three respectively, with Lancaster York. Uh, York's on a three-game winning streak, though, and that's good for them, four-game winning streak now that they beat Southern Maryland. So they, they're coming around again, they're finally starting to get together, bullpen settling down a bit, and Stars are doing their job to an extent. I'm not sold on them still. They're second in the division, but they're under 500. New Britain in that division, they're a game and a half ahead of everybody else. That's not good. You can't let New Britain be that good. 400, a 400 winning percentage should not be second place in a division. A 340, a 385 is not a second place team like York is. It's just not. And it's a problem. Like, I don't get this. I really don't understand it. But uh, York's really not that good of a team. I'm still not sold on York. Uh, they're starting to get their act together, though. So hopefully they know what they're doing. The same thing with Lancaster. They're getting their act together. They had a couple of 10-3 victories. And, uh, yeah, and there's not really much else to say about them. They split a series with New Britain, a 4-3 win there. And, uh, yeah, they're a pretty pedestrian team. That whole division's pretty pedestrian. But uh, Southern Maryland, though, they're far from pedestrian, unless you're talking pedestrian in the sense that one got hit by a car, and that they are now on an eight-game losing streak, 0-7. My uh, upset team, uh, they're making me upset. Uh, <laughs> they can't win a game because they can't hit for anything. Uh, and I know there's going to be a common consensus here going, oh, well, they're just not that good, but they're bad in every regard. But that's not really the case here. If you want to look at their stats, which I do, because that's how I break these uh, power rankings. They had good starts. Like, the only bad start came from, surprisingly, Daryl Thompson. Like, really, that's the shocking bit here, that Daryl's the guy that didn't have a good week. But 
a five inning start for him. He gave up eight. Fine, whatever. Bad start. Stem gave up three in his six innings, which is a fine start. It's a quality start, actually. Uh, Haynes, he had a bad start, but he recovered with a five and a third and no runs, but he had five and a third and he gave up six. Kelly, same deal. He had a good one, but then he had a bad one. And Compton had a good start, but he just also didn't quite uh, nail it down here. They're doing a decent enough job pitching. It's that their bullpen either blows it or that their their bats don't come through. I mean, like, if you want to look at the losses, 6-4, okay, you got four runs, but not quite enough in this league. 3-0, clearly a winnable game. 10-4, fine, whatever. 4-3, should have won. Which was a walk-off one, that was a blown save. 7-4, again, should have won. 4-1, should have won. 4-0, shouldn't have been shut out. Bats have been the story of the year, and Ruby Silva and Frank Martinez can't carry the whole team like they're doing right now, and unless they get a bat in there, not going to work out. And frankly, with the way they're falling, if come the second half of the season, come the end of July, they're still in the same spot, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I say maybe you'll look to move off Silva. Uh, it's kind of just a gesture to him going, like, we're not going anywhere. Let's get you to a place where you can actually be looked at and maybe play in a postseason and maybe get a shot in a, in a major league system. And a team like Somerset, I think, should be interested in them. Because you could have Myers, you could have Flores, and then you swap, you could sub out Navarro to put Silva in there, and then that's a really good outfield. And with the way that those teams are trending, I think Silva could really help out uh, Somerset. Now, you obviously don't see a lot of trades like that in a league like this, but still, I think it's kind of a good match for that purpose. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Southern Maryland's really struggling here, and I don't know how they're going to pull themselves out of the tailspin that they're in right now. But uh, keeping it on that same side there, let's talk Sugarland real quick here, and then I'll kind of Kind of look over the Can-Am League real quick and touch on everybody else, and then we'll kind of get out of here, because once again, it's a solo show. It's not that entertaining, I don't think. If it is, tell me. I'll fire my co-host. But, uh, Sugarland, an interesting week, 5-2 and two for them. Uh, one game losing streak. They had a couple losses keeping from having a really good streak going, but I think they had a solid week. Uh, they played Somerset very hard. Gene Santi's breaking out of it. The pitching's getting together. Everything's kind of coming together for the team. So far this week, uh, they ranked first in the runs after the sixth inning, which kind of shows that when the bullpen comes in, they're able to beat up on bullpens, and they really don't have a saved eye attitude. Uh, second best ERA in the league this week, as well as the second fewest errors. So they also have that going for them, which is terrific there. No errors for them this week, which is a solid goal for them. Uh, really, they were pretty good everywhere. Uh, only category where you're kind of concerned is really nowhere. I'm not really seeing anything that I'm that concerned about with them. They're really just that good of a team, and they're finally coming together and being the class of the of the league like they should be. So good for them. Uh, New Britain, hold on, let me insert some sort of dull peanut joke. Give him his peanuts. That's why he didn't show up today. There we go. Any case, now you've been talking about New Britain. Moving on. Can't have league time. Cool. Uh, Somerset, or Sussex, rather. They've had to deal with rain. They've been fighting the rain all season long. Really, all the league's been fighting rain because there's just been so much of it around New Jersey. So, a lot of games have been rescheduled, rained out, you know, the standard jazz. Uh, so far, going kind of like expected, uh, unlike in the preview episode, which will be out fairly soon. I just recorded that. But uh, overall, speaking-wise, uh, Canham Lake's been going like it should. It's uh, been fairly competitive. Uh, Sussex has proven again, though, they are truly one of the better teams in this league. A dominant team, if you would. 
Uh, Jackets are about to open up at home tonight, which will be tomorrow, or yesterday, rather, for those of you listening. They got a whole series going there, but 5-1 and one for Sussex, a solid start to the year. Everybody else is just kind of clumped together. Rockland struggled, though. Rockland has struggled mightily there, but you had a bunch of games against a, against a Sussex team that just has a never-say-die attitude. Teams like Rockland and Quebec, they've definitely struggled mightily. I think that's just due to it being early in the year. I expect to see them turn it around soon. Just like I expect Ottawa to no longer be 500 when they start playing teams like Sussex, teams like the Jackals, teams like Rockland. I just don't see them keeping it up for much longer. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. That league's pretty good. Frontier and American, I haven't really been paying much attention to. Been too busy with other stuff to give them a lot of time here. And once again, demographic-wise tells me I shouldn't be paying too much mind to them just enough. And uh, overall, though, Americans shaked out uh, fairly predictably. Uh, nothing terribly outrageous in their in their way. Oh, Winnipeg those had a good start. That's the one thing that's kind of shaky to me. Uh, everybody else has been doing what they should do. Milwaukee's at the bottom. Barry's at the bottom, like I thought. Chicago struggled, but they're not really struggling. St. Paul's positioning fine. Uh, Winnipeg's just that surprise team so far, but uh, we'll see if that holds up. Other end of the things, everybody's doing exactly what you thought. Texas would be terrible, as they are. Lincoln's doing fairly okay. Kansas City's doing very well. I mean, everybody's doing exactly what you thought of them. And so, with that being said, uh, there's not really much to say on them. Uh, Sioux City, though, is struggling a little bit, which is a little bit surprising, and goes to show you they should have kept Evan DeLuca. They wouldn't be struggling nearly as much. Frontier League now, they've played for a long, good bit. Standing-wise, though, what does the standing say for them? It says Lake Erie is proving me wrong, and Washington is proving me extremely wrong. 3-10. and 10. I'm very shocked about this. This is why I shouldn't be hired as a GM. The West Division is pretty close. Everybody's within a game and a half, so there's not really much to say there. Although, so far, it looks pretty much like I thought. Uh, except if you switch River City and Evansville around there, then it's exactly like I thought. Uh, on the other side, though, it's completely flipped on its head. I was thinking, like, Schaumburg at 3, Windy City at 2, Washington at 1. Instead, it's Lake Erie, who I thought would be the worst team, leading the pack. Juliet's had a rough go of it, losing five in a row. Washington just can't seem to buy a win at 3-10. and 10, Really struggling there. I mean, like, it's just kind of flipped on its head there right now, and uh, we'll see if uh, that's able to turn itself around a little bit. But uh, right now, there seems like a lot of teams are going to be uh, being a rough go of it for the, for the uh, not-so-distant future, and they're going to have to get their act together, especially Washington. 3-10 and 10 to start the year is not good in a 100-game set. So uh, you're nearly through a quarter of the season. You're through a tenth of it. you got to make sure you uh, come through in the clutch here and get yourself some wins. If you can't buy a win right now, you're going to be struggling a lot later on. All right, I think it's going to just about do it for the show this week. It's really a two-man show, so when only one person's here, it's kind of hard to do the show as an entirety here. But, uh, you know, I wanted to put something out here. Uh, episode 18 will be back as normal. be both of us here. We'll kind of recap everything I discussed here, uh, as well as everything in the preview show that will be out this weekend. Uh, Power Rings out this weekend as well. A whole bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, we'll be back on pace here. And, uh, yeah, I know I was going to say, I was going to talk about some other stuff, but I'm really not feeling it. It's really been kind of a chore to carry this, and I just recorded a whole preview show by myself. Part of this, I got to edit a bunch of stuff, and I got to do Power Rings. I got a bunch of stuff to do in about a 12-hour window, so... 
I guess we'll just plug stuff and get out of here. Uh, Indie Ball Pod on Twitter, Indie Ball Report on Instagram, uh, IndieBallReport.com on Internet, uh, Indie Ball Report on YouTube, uh, on podcasts, podcast sites you can guess on uh, Podomatic, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Uh, yeah, those are all the places you can find us. And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, don't forget to play ball. Bye.